Hello and welcome to the Lancet Health and Longevity in Conversation With. It's April 2022 and I'm your host, Ben Burwood. This month, I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Sophie Vujon from Liège University Hospital, whose review on the inclusion of older adults with inflammatory bowel disease in clinical trials has been published on our latest issue. Hi, Sophie. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi. Could you start by explaining why IBD is so often undertreated in older adults? Indeed, uh, real-world studies have shown a lower use of immunomodulators and biologics in older patients with inflammatory bowel disease, or IBD, compared to younger patients. Older patients are more often treated by inadequate therapies such as uh, ineffective 5-aminosalicylic acids therapy or plunged course of corticosteroids despite well-established toxicities. However, in older patients, uh, disease progression and the need of surgery uh, are similar or even higher than their young counterparts, and surgeries associated with uh, significantly higher postoperative mortality and complication rates. It is therefore important to achieve uh, remission with medical therapy and not undertreat these older patients through fear of complications related to treatment or not. The therapeutic management of older IBD patients is challenging as it could be influenced by multiple uh, concomitant factors. These include age-related comorbidities, unpredictable consequences of long-term treatment, including uh, the occurrence of infections, higher risk of malignancy, polypharmacy, malnutrition, impaired physical and cognitive capacities, loss of uh, autonomy, as well as social and financial issues in this uh, population. The reluctance of uh, IBD care provider to use steroid-sparing medications in older patients is probably largely driven by the lack of evidence regarding safety and efficacy of these medications as older adults are frequently excluded from uh, clinical trials. We perform a review of 222 fast 3 studies registered on PubMed and Clinical Trialgov, which confirmed that uh, older patients are frequently excluded from IBD clinical trials. Patients who were uh, 65 years or, or older represented only uh, 5.4% of participants in these fast 3 clinical trials. Furthermore, uh, when older adults are included, the study often failed to distinguish between adult-onset IBD, uh, in which the patient was diagnosed at 60, 60 years or younger and is no aging with IBD, and older adult-onset IBD defined by an IBD diagnosis when the patient was older than 60 years, or uh, they were not designed to investigate these subgroups uh, specifically. The inclusion of this uh, order from clinical trial leads to uh, the absence of evidence regarding the safety and efficacy of these medications and lack of evidence-based guidelines for these patients and probably uh, to uh, their under-treatment for fear of complications. Do you know which exclusion criteria primarily drive the lack of representation of older adults with IBD in clinical trials? To answer this question, we searched on Medline PubMed and Clinical Trialgov exclusion criteria used in a total of 222 fast 3 clinical trials in inflammatory bowel disease registered from June 1995 to August 2021 and published in English. Almost two-thirds of the studies, uh, 58% excluded patients by using an upper age limit. 
Uh, this limit varied from uh, older than 60 years to older than 130 years, and the limit of 75 years was the most common. In addition to age, older patients could also be excluded because of their comorbidities used as an exclusion criteria in 66% of phase 3 studies. A total of 75 studies or 34% excluded patients in generic terms. Uh, that is any condition that in the investigator's opinion makes the subject unsuitable for study participations. Looking at each comorbidity separately, renal, liver, and cardiovascular comorbidities were the most common limiting exclusion criteria. History of cancer or dysplasia, as well as previous bowel resection and exposure to previous uh, inflammatory bowel disease treatment, uh, more common in older patients with adult-onset IBD, also contributed to the non-inclusion of uh, patients. We found few studies with cognitive impairment as an inclusion criterion and only two studies use functional status uh, limitation. So you mentioned there about functional status. Why might the assessment of frailty and functional status be particularly important for risk stratification in older patients with IBD? Because frailty and functional capacities seems uh, to be a better approach than screening by age to stratify the risk of adverse events. Indeed, it has been shown that this frailty after adjustment for age and comorbidities confer an increased risk of treatment-related infectious complications, whether with anti-TNF use or immunomodulatory use. Uh, regarding mortality, Koshar and colleagues show um, in a cohort of 11,000 patients uh, that frailty was associated uh, with mortality independent of age and comorbidities. And similar results were found in two large-scale studies published by Fay and colleagues and Kian and colleagues uh, showing that inflammatory bowel disease patients who are frail, whatever they age, have a higher risk of readmission to hospital after discharge of higher risk of mortality, spend more days in hospital annually, uh, four extra days uh, per year in average, had an average longer hospital stay and higher hospitalization uh, associated uh, costs than patients with inflammatory bowel disease who are not frail. Frailty also seems to be a stronger predictor than age for postoperative morbidity in both ulcerative colitis and, and Crohn's disease. In your review, you uh, delineated a three-step process which aimed to improve the inclusion of older people with IBD in clinical trials. Could you briefly describe this for us? And in an effort to move away from using a rigid age cutoff, which alternative inclusion and, ex and exclusion criteria should be considered in the context of IBD? Firstly, we propose to include other patients with IBD in phase 2 and 3 clinical trials, not on the basis of rigid age cutoff criteria, but rather on the basis of their somatic, functional and mental capacities as suggest stratification according to age. Second, after drug approval, real-world studies should be done to assess the effects of age, comorbidities and frailty on the feasibility, safety and efficacy of uh, the use of these new compounds in older patients who are frail and who have comorbidities. A favorable benefits risk ratio could support proceeding to a third step involving clinical trials that include all older pupils with IBD, with or with comorbidities and who are frail or not, 
to better reflect the true population of patients with IBD and to enable the development of evidence-based guidelines for the use of these new compounds in clinical practice for older patients with IBD with different levels of frailty. The exclusion criterion for these trials could be uh, the inability to attend outpatient appointments or to conduct the examinations needs according to each study protocol. We believe that pending results from such trials, data from phase two and three clinical trials that include older patients with IBD should not be uh, extrapolated to older adults with comorbidities who are frail or both. To move away the rigid age cutoff criteria, we proposed uh, alternative inclusion and exclusion criteria, which we hope will be further investigated. We propose to include, regardless of the age, both uh, older patients with adult onset IBD and patients with older adult onset IBD, and to include patients with preserved somatic functional and mental functions. On the basis of the tool proposed by Atcher and colleagues, patients with a preserved somatic function could be identified by the absence of malnutrition risk, a low Charleston comorbidity index, as a higher Charleston comorbidity index associated with higher risk of infection in IBD patients and increased post-colonoscopy hospitalization, and the absence of polypharmacy. Uh, preferably five or fewer non-IBD prescription medications as polypharmacy, uh, which is uh, frequent in patients with IBD, can lead to drug, drug interactions uh, that could affect the efficacy and safety of IBD medication and can affect the patient's adherence to treatment. Then patients uh, to be included in trial should be probably have preserved daily living activity and physical capacities. An assessment of the functional domain is important before the inclusion of older patients in clinical trials, not only to assess the ability of patients to attend outpatient appointments, but uh, also because clinical trials often require severe endoscopy, which could be made difficult by the functional limitations of uh, older patients. Therefore, the inclusion criteria that could be considered to include patients with preserved functional ability could be a CATS index uh, uh, of independence in activities of daily living score or a low-tone instrumental activities of daily living scale, sex-adjusted, score of less than one, and a preserved physical capacities after evaluation by isometric and grip strength of 4 meter gait speeds. Assessment of the mental domain is also important during screening because participation in a clinical trial requires sufficient cognitive function to understand the information provided. Patients who are selected must be able to make decisions but also adhere to the treatment and evaluation tests, uh, such as questionnaires, blood, stool samples and endoscopies. A score of fewer than eight points in the six item cognitive impairment test could be an indication of a good cognitive function. Other patient-related criteria that should be considered are a definitive diagnosis of IBD. Indeed, such as definitive uh, diagnosis can be challenging given the wide-ranging differential diagnosis and mean diagnosis, which can occur in up to 60% of older patients. 
specifically conditions such as uh, ischemic and infectious uh, colitis, segmentan colitis associated with diverticular disease, radiation damage, secondary to gynecological or prostate cancers, solitary rectal ulcer syndrome, and non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug-induced ulcers can mimic IBD and could therefore influence the assessment of the response to treatment. So no previous malignancy or dysplasia history because all the patients have a higher risk of malignancy, which uh, justifies a symptom caution for the inclusion in therapeutic trials. Although there are already many recommendations regarding the use of immunosuppressants in patients with an history of cancer, caution is required in the use of lesser uh, known molecules or those under investigation for which there is less experience with oncogenic risks. And finally, patients should be up to date with dysplasia screening colonoscopy before inclusion in a trial because all the patients with IBD have a high risk of colonic dysplasia related to the longer duration of their disease. As including older participants in clinical trials becomes more increasingly important, what are some of the key challenges and considerations for future research? First, uh, photo research is needed to assess suitable older patients uh, for clinical trials in terms of somatic, functional and mental capacities. One of the key challenges is to identifying uh, the most appropriate frailty assessment tools uh, for predicting adverse outcomes in patients with IBD in order to adapt the inclusion criteria we propose here. Uh, the concept of frailty is in the context of IBD are relatively new uh, consideration and some issues uh, still need to be addressed, uh, such as whether frailty can be improved by treatment, uh, because an inflammatory state in patients with older adult onset IBD could trigger or worsen underlying geriatric uh, deficits or by individually targeted uh, interventions, physical rehabilitation, nutritional supplementation and cognitive training which could enable or improve the inclusion of these patients in the clinical trials. In addition to the selection of suitable patients, further research is needed to assess how symptoms, uh, especially those included in patient-reported oncomes and uh, biomarkers as C-reactive protein, fecal calprotectin that are used in IBD clinical trials, can be affected by the range of non-specific conditions found in older populations, such as pelvic floor dysfunction and incontinence, and to validate their use in the prediction of disease activity in the population of older patients with IBD. Furthermore, appropriate clinical endpoints, symptom control versus objective, should be considered for clinical trials in the older population. Although mucosal healing remains an ideal IBD treatment target, this needs to be weighed again, the risk of therapy escalation in this vulnerable population with a shorter lifespan. Moreover, the ideal time to assess clinical response should be uh, also studied, as some studies uh, have suggested that the time to treatment effect is prolonged in older patients. Finally, examining uh, whether older patients should be included in the same clinical trials as their younger counterparts or be the subject of separate several studies 
uh, suggests that older patients with IBD have a poor response to treatment, even after adjusting for duration of disease and alter uh, pharmacokinetics. Absorption, distribution, metabolism and elimination are uh, affected by aging and that the inclusion of older patients in clinical trials could lead to poorer outcomes than expected and adversely influence drug prescription. The inclusion of older patients with IBD in clinical trials will probably require adaptations for the research team, such as working more closely with uh, geriatricians and their teams, recruitment of a neurospecialist in caring uh, for communication with all the adults, expansion of the research team or a requirement for the existing staff to work extra hours because caring for all the adults might take uh, more time and eventually potentially carry out uh, some consultations uh, in uh, patients' homes. That was really fascinating. Thank you, Sophie. And thank you for taking the time to talk with us. You can find out more now at thelancet.com. Thank you for listening. I remember you can subscribe to The Lancet Health and Longevity in conversation with wherever you normally get your podcasts.